the IAB podcast, sponsored by Verizon Media. Hello and welcome to this episode of the IAB UK podcast, brought to you with the help of our sponsor, Verizon Media. I'm James Chandler, Chief Marketing Officer at the IAB, and thank you for joining us for the very first episode of our second series. We are thrilled to be back once again with another series packed full of debate, insight and know-how from across the industry. This week, it's no surprise that we're talking measurement hot off the back of the very first National Anti-Clicktorate Day last week. It was a day of action where we encouraged everyone, everywhere, to avoid being a clickhead by breaking the habit of overemphasizing click-through rates. We'll be welcoming an expert panel to discuss whether we really have become an industry of clickheads and what we might be able to do about it. And we'll also be condensing everything there is to know about econometrics into a mere two minutes. Also, you can sound that little bit cleverer than everyone else in next week's team meeting. We'll also be getting the behind-the-scenes story from Tom and Catherine at the IAB on how National Anti-Click-Through-Rate Day came together, as well as visiting the Trade Desk HQ to pose 10 quick-fire and largely irrelevant questions to their UK general manager, Anna Forbes. So, whether you're listening to this on what feels like the world's slowest commuter train, or courtesy of the smart speaker in your kitchen, we hope you enjoy this roundup of the biggest measurement challenges our industry is tackling. When we polled UK advertisers last year, they told us that the biggest barrier to increasing their investment in digital advertising was measurement. Last week, in amongst the razzmatazz of National Anti-Click-Through-Rate Day, we launched our answer to this challenge, a measurement guide and toolkit aimed specifically at helping everyone in the industry measure digital properly. The toolkit is, of course, only one part of a bigger measurement jigsaw. So as an industry, how can we move forward with measurement, do better for our clients and paint a picture of a campaign's effectiveness that really measures up? Joining me to talk it over are Lolly Mason, VP Media Partnerships, EMEA at Seltra, and the IAB's very own sommelier a la measurement, Anna <laughs> Bewley, who is the brains behind the measurement toolkit. Uh, welcome to you both. Hi. <laughs> Hi, James. Well, first off, we should ask you about your, um, that's not your real job title, is it? Um, no, it, it's not actually s- sommelier, no. <laughs> Did I mention, I thought that was quite clever anyway, but um, the toolkit uh, was almost a year in the making, wasn't it? Because I remember we had you on uh, Series 1 talking about it. So tell us about the various things that kind of led up to it, Hannah. Sure. Um, we started the dedicated measurement work stream uh, in 2018. Mm. So started off coming up with a plan and a strategy for the year. Uh, did the usual kind of steps like desk research mm-hmm. and consulting with members to unpick measurement. Um, and as you said, we did a, a survey with brands and followed that up with um, in-depth meetings with them to find out what the real kind of struggles are when it comes to cro- to measurement. And one of those things is cross-media measurement. And, and what, what do they mean when they say cross-media measurement? Do they mean yeah. different channels or j- just within digital? Um, both, really. Mm. It's really identifying the contribution of different channels okay. um, to the effectiveness of a campaign. And then they were mentioning things like selecting the right attribution model as well. Um, so following the, the survey, we did a town hall to kind of brainstorm some ideas that mm. we could combat um, some of those challenges with. And out of that came um, the anti-click-through rate day. Yes. And also what we're going to talk about in more depth now is the measurement guide and toolkit. Mm. 
So we developed that in response to the survey and some of the questions that brands were asking. And we partnered with MTM um, to produce it and had contributions from a broad range of experts from across the industry. There's all sorts. There's brands, trade bodies, the lot. Yeah, we tried to get a cross-section. Brilliant. So, Lolly, we obviously had a campaign that fronted the measurement toolkit, which is all around don't be a clickhead. Uh, In your experience, are you still getting asked for things like clicks and those kinds of vanity metrics? Yeah, it it still really is something that both agencies and brands are focused on. And I'm sure it is just because it's the most, it's the easiest option, isn't it? Easiest in terms of real-time measurements. Um, yes, we're definitely too over-reliant on it, I'd say. Um, obviously, CTR's fine for direct response, et cetera, mm. et cetera, but um, CTR's not a good measurement. Brands, yeah. um, not only is it a poor measurement for measuring success, but, in my opinion, the worst thing about it is um, that, of course, you're incentivizing poor behaviour. So what you choose to measure encourages people to behave in a certain mm. way. CTR encourages sort of clickbaity ads, mm. um, interruptive ads, et cetera, yes. which... Which nobody likes. No, and we definitely mm. don't like them at the IAB. Yeah. Um, and in fact, that's uh, the whole point of this, the kind of the gold standard and the CBA stuff is that we kind of don't get those. Yeah. Um, and, and what do you, what would you, you know, how do you push back on people? You know, uh, some of the insight you had, Hannah, was it's often the CEO or procurement people particularly that are asking for the clicks. What what can we do to push back on these people to say there's a better way? I, I think helping them to develop an understanding that of course improving ad quality isn't just about um, giving people a better experience the internet although that's a good thing in itself but also it it doesn't really take a genius to work out that um, putting a bad ad experience in front of somebody is creating a bad brand experience as well so if we start to look also at what their real world brand goals are and get people to think a little bit more about that um, I, I think we'll get there in the end. But yeah. ed- education and research and, and your lovely toolkits, I yes. think, will, uh, will help. Wonderful. Good plug, Lolly. Um, and, and I guess there's there must be instances, Hannah, where you think we're not kind of saying don't ever use click-through rates altogether. We had the quite funny thing of deleting columns and things like that. But there are times, of course, where sensible, of course, click-through rates can be useful for things, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's all about looking at the objectives of the campaign and selecting the metrics appropriately. Mm. So if you're a, if you're a performance advertiser, let's say, and um, the success for you means hundreds of thousands of downloads, then you're probably not going to look at the brand pyramid and trying to grow all that stuff at the same time. Absolutely. Nice. So I guess not all measurement is the same. So you've got some slow-moving stuff uh, and some fast-moving measures, uh, Hannah. What are some examples of these, and when would you use each of them? Um, in the digital world, I guess fast-moving measurements are instant and real-time live mm. metrics. So that's things like impressions served, invalid traffic, clicks even, and time <laughs> and ad is in view. Um, so they should really be used to improve the current campaign that's yeah. running and to optimise uh, making alterations to the trafficking of the campaign, for example. Um, slow-moving metrics tends to be more the traditional research-based stuff, such as kind of brand uplift stuff studies um, that you're kind of trying to to measure the key marketing objectives of a campaign so they take a bit longer to measure because you have to get a sample together build a questionnaire ask about things like brand awareness favorability Um, so i think they're the slow moving metrics are really useful for evaluating the overall campaign as a whole got it um yeah 
so often they don't move overnight mm. so um, when you're trying to build things like familiarity of a new product it takes a, a longer amount of time as it's more likely to take more than one impression to move perceptions yes so so is it the same for you Lolly? it's, it's got to be a mix of both yeah it has to be i think i think it's important to differentiate between the sort of pre-campaign mid-campaign and post-campaign yeah. measurements they're going to help with campaign success beforehand you want to check for instance that um, that you're targeting the right people with your campaign, that you've got the right kind of creative that's going to actually work. Um, and of course, during the campaign as well, you need to do some kind of measurement and optimization, um, preferably not on clicks, but perhaps on things yes. like um, dwell time and um, viewability, maybe total consumption. Mm-hmm. There are a number of different options um, that I think should be tested, which should be interesting. Um, and of course, brand metrics as well. So that could be during campaign or post campaign, and then would ultimately be brought back in, I hope. Um, dynamic creative optimization. Obviously, you want media optimization to be ongoing as yes. well. Um, and lots of advertisers, I guess, don't have mega budgets. If it does cost mega budgets, um, we'll hear from uh, Arvind a bit later on econometrics. But I guess there's a thought that for the you know market mix modeling and econometrics, you need loads of money to do that sort of stuff. If you're a brand who hasn't got that, um, doesn't mean that you can't do them and you're always going to be reliant on clicks or... I think it, even if whatever your budget is, you need to focus on the measurements that do matter. Mm. Um, click-through isn't one of those because about 99% or more um, are being ignored yes. um, when looking at that as a, as a metric. But so I think things like looking at um, likely outcomes before campaign goes live, um, such as looking at how a small panel might respond to mm. a particular audience, um, getting back to good old-fashioned media planning correctly yeah, as well yeah, and yeah. working out how best to target your audience, perhaps looking at things like dwell time exposure um, and also optimising the creative as you go. Well, that's a good point because do, do you think, and you know, Seltra's got so much that you can look at and I guess you guys have always been particularly focused on creative as well not just the media placement do do you think Mm. the two are balanced enough in terms of reporting or is it you know lots of obsession around the media placement maybe less on the creative bit there's still a a massive I mean quite rightly so of course you need to be able to um, optimise around media placement etc but um, the other half and it should be a whole half um, (laughs) of the story when optimising should be creative as well there's not a lot of point in finding a sort of perfect media balance but then showing creative that doesn't kind of resonate or get the right messaging across yeah it's kind of weird because even with the 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 click-through rate stuff it does kind of feel like common sense that if the average click-through rate is not point whatever it is not point five let's say i mean that's probably being generous there's a whole slew of people who aren't clicking that but probably still using your service or or buying products so it sort of feels weird that we would obsess over that anyway yeah it's it seems a bit bit crazy really yeah and Hannah, if you, through all of this work that you've done, uh, if there were a silver bullet for measurement, what would it be? Um, I'd actually say that there isn't one and there ah. shouldn't be one and we shouldn't be asking for yes, one. Yes, very good. Um, it doesn't exist in any other media, so why should mm. it exist for digital? Ultimately, every campaign's different with different KPIs and objectives and different media schedules. Um, so for me, the most important thing is to spend time at the start of a campaign mapping out what measurement you're going to do and where the gaps are um, and what sources of data you have um, and making sure that you tailor your measurement plan to for that campaign to its specific objectives. And I guess that thinking is at the heart of why we've created. That's why we haven't just called it a guide 
side, it's a toolkit, right? It's Absolutely. A, a thing that you can use and the, the bit at the back's brilliant, you kind of pull it out and you can yeah. plan out all of your data. We've sorted. tried to make it as kind of practical as possible so that it can be used in people's day-to-day work. Amazing. Uh, and, and Lolly, to finish then, if there was sort of one thing you could have in measurement that doesn't exist, what might it be? Um, industry alignment. <laughs> mm, yes. I think, I think then we'll get there. The silver bullet, given that I don't think there is one individual metric, would be everyone coming together and... Yeah. Um, coming out with the sort of pool of metrics that are suitable for each KPI type. Yeah, amazing. Thank you both. That's all we've got time for, but that was brilliant uh, and loads for us to think about. So thank you, Lolly. Thank, uh, thank you, Hannah. Thanks. If you want to find out more, then there really is only one place to visit, and that's ibuk.com forward slash measurement, where you'll find our dedicated measurement hub with everything from expert thought pieces to case studies and, of course, the official measurement guide and toolkit. Econometrics, not many of us could tell you exactly how it works or even what it really means. This next section of the podcast is called Two Minutes On, and it's a dedicated safe space to not quite know all of the answers yet. Every episode, we invite an expert into the studio to give us a bite-sized, easy-to-understand explainer of one of the trickier concepts we face in the industry. This week, I am delighted to welcome a good friend and former colleague, the illuminating Arvind Kapavarapu from Mindshare. Hello, Arv. Hello. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, do you have much experience of explaining the inner complexities of econometric modelling in 120 seconds? or um, More like 120 minutes, okay. but I'll try. This is going to be interesting. Um, so you know how it works. Uh, it's two minutes. Let's just get straight into it then. Uh, in a nutshell, what is econometric modelling? So econometric modeling is the process of the application of any statistical methodology to understanding any economic or behavioral phenomenon. So if you want to understand what drives your sales as a business and you want to use statistics to do that, that would classify as econometrics. In our industry, uh, when you hear the word econometrics, what most people think is what they also call market mix modeling, Mm. which is where you use weekly or daily or in some cases monthly data uh, in terms of sales most commonly. uh, And then you try and understand what are the drivers of that sales, both in terms of things that are happening in the wider world, within your business, outside of advertising, and specifically within advertising as well. Got it. And so this works brilliantly for businesses that are incredibly data-rich, or it can work for anyone? No, it can be be used by any business. Um, Because as I said, it's a broader class of of statistical work. So you could actually apply it to any form of data uh, using any KPIs. So you don't have to have loads and loads of data. Got it. Um, having a lot of data helps for mm-hmm. sure, uh, but you could use it in simpler situations where you just use it on some research data. You could use the technique on uh, website ra- data, for mm-hmm. example, web traffic, yeah. footfall KPIs, anything. Anything um, that you've got. Yeah, you could use it across a wide range of spaces. Okay. And to be an econometrician, um, what sort of things do you need to have studied or need to have done or skills that you need to have? Uh, To be an econometrician, you would normally uh, study some form of statistics uh, combined with economics Mm -hmm. in your undergraduate. Um, We also get people from a mathematical background uh, or a scientific background Mm -hmm. because all of those fields tend to use use statistical modeling to some extent or the other. Um, However, if you have the right aptitude for it, you could be taught that in a 
fairly reasonable period of time as well, okay. as long as you come from some kind of mathematical background. Got it. Uh, Arv, that was even more succinct and articulate than I could ever hope it for be. That was incredible. Thank you very much indeed. Now you're grounded in the basics, you can find out more about econometrics and how it fits within the broader measurement toolkit by visiting our site at iibuk.com forward slash measurement. Unless you spent last week hidden away under a rock or entirely devoid of any sort of connection to the internet, you will know that last Tuesday the 12th of February played host to the biggest day in the IB calendar so far this year, National Anti-Click-Through Rate Day. Up and down the country, marketers, planners and media owners publicly denounce click-through rates as the sole means of evaluating digital advertising. We posted letters, ran online ads imploring users not to click on them, and went undercover in the hunt for client reports with some of our agency friends. Well, sort of. To talk more about our day of action and to give us a peek behind the scenes, I'm joined today by our newly minted Head of Marketing, Tom Stevens, and Industry Initiatives aficionado, Catherine Cribbin. Welcome to you both. Hello, James. Hello. Um, so this was a long lead up to National Anti-Click-Through Day. This was no flash in the pan. I mean, we were talking about this months ago, right? Yeah, so I got through my first interview with the IOB and got invited back for a second with the task of <laughs> delivering a marketing plan for National Anti-Click-Through Rate Day. There mm. ended the brief. And so I was like, how do I stand out here? I know what I'll do. I'll go in and call <laughs> the CEO and the CMO clickheads. <laughs> uh, and so the idea of the clickhead was born. Yes. Um, and uh, I was lucky enough to get the job. And I'm still here. Um, and so on last Tuesday, we delivered the Don't Be a Clickhead campaign mm. for National Anti-Click-Through Rate Day. And there was loads to it, wasn't there? So um, there wasn't the foam fingers, actually, that you talked about in the interview, but there was, there was a bunch of other stuff, wasn't there? There was, and it looked into the insight that marketers do love a click-through rate yes. day. So we sent a letter from click-through rates to the industry, dumping them in a Dear John-style <laughs> letter, saying that they've click-through rates feel used and easy, like a vanity metric. <laughs> Um, lol. And the letter was published in campaign, sent to 200 advertisers and marketers across the country. And we also broke into a few media agencies to find out what happened when we went to MGOMD and the Seven Stars to delete click-through rates. And they were amazing. We should give a shout out to them because they, they were absolutely brilliant, weren't they, on the day? They really were. Thank you. Um, and... Uh... Catherine, what were you doing to celebrate National Anti-Click-Through Rate Day? So I actually wore boxing gloves for the whole day so that I could not click on anything. That's very good. Um, Of course, National Anti-Click-Through Rate has dominated last week, but there's loads of other stuff coming up as well. Uh, Digital Britain is one, Catherine, isn't it? Which is our annual pilgrimage up to Bridgewater Hall in Manchester. Yes, so on the 4th of April, we'll be going up to Manchester um, and we've got an incredible lineup. So I am personally extremely excited to hear from Ali Hannon, who Mm. from Creative Mm. Equal talking all about how inclusive creativity will increase your profitability. Mm. We've got Elena Cachero, who's a really exciting futurist from Unruly. Yep, she'll be fab. Um, We've also got uh, back from the nonference, because it was in such high demand, the Become the Editor session, which will be really good. Difficult second album. mm, Indeed. And we've got the Ozone Project as well. So yeah, it should be a really exciting lineup. Those are things. And Digital Britain's sort of bigger than ever this year, isn't it? It is. So yeah, it's a bit of a two-day event. So we're running an ideas hack the Mm. day before, which is basically for kind of rising young digital talent. We'll be giving them a brief in the morning from a local charity. We're kind of talking to a really exciting recycling charity at the moment, and they'll be given a day to sort of crack this brief and come up with a campaign idea. And the two shortlisted ideas on the day will be uh, pitching on stage uh, for a live audience vote at Digital Britain. That's nice. mm, It should be really good. Uh, Tickets are available now, I take it. Yes, on our website, ibuk.com. 
Lovely. Uh, and then after that, we've got uh, leadership. We haven't got. It's not after that. It's before that. It's before 7th, that. Seventh and eighth of March, which is almost sold out. Am I right in saying there's like six, seven tickets left? I think just six now. Just six tickets left. Uh, your first one, so they're excited about that. Again, the gender is on the site, so check it out. And then lastly, uh, submissions are open for engage. So any amazing speakers brilliant storytellers that can inspire us about the future uh, we want to hear from you so get in touch if you've got uh, speakers for uh, engage that's about all we've got time for today that went really really quickly but thank you very much indeed Catherine. thank you tom thank, thank you james one thousand two hundred it's quite a big number in fact one thousand two hundred is how many people give or take you could fit standing up in salisbury city hall And here at the IB, we boast more than 1,200 members. Every episode, we'll be choosing one at random and asking them to choose a worthy representative to take on our notorious quickfire questions. This time, we were thrilled to be invited to the Trade Desk's London HQ to meet their UK general manager, Anna Forbes. If you've listened before, you know how it works. 60 seconds, 10 fiendishly undifficult questions. Let's have a listen to what went down. So we're down at the Trade Desk's London HQ with their UK General Manager, Anna Forbes. Thanks for having us today, Anna. Delighted, thank you. Uh, It's pretty straightforward. It's 10 questions. You've got 60 seconds to get through them all. Are you ready? Let's do this. Start the clock. Who is your industry hero? Karen Blackett, amazing female leader in the industry. What advice would you give your 21-year-old self? Carry yourself in a way you want to be perceived professionally and uh, I think from a business perspective, data is king, ludicrous margins will not prevail. Make sure you're adding value. Mm. Eat the frog or boil the ocean? Eat the frog. If you had two minutes to teach someone something new, what would it be? How to make sourdough bread. Very good. Uh, Similar theme, the small soft dough dumplings typically made from semolina, gnocchi or gnocchi? Gnocchi. Your favourite podcast? Not so much into the podcast. I'm a big Audible fan. Please read Brotopia. Mm. Econometrics or market mix modelling? Anything that can move us away from clickheads. Uh, very good. What is a classic Anna Forbes interview question? I've used this a ton, so apologies to anyone listening that has heard this from me. Uh, who is your boss and how would they describe you in three words? Then repeat with uh, their best friend. Oh, savage. Uh, and what was your job title and who did you first work for when you started in the industry? Uh, I was a sales exec and I worked for Henry Clifford Jones. And finally, which industry buzzword is currently top of your hate list? Blockchain. Ugh, thank you very much indeed, Anna Forbes. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week. We've tackled the clickheads head on and stepped right into all the thorniest issues around measurement, or at least as much as you can in one podcast episode. Big shout out and thank you to our brand new sponsor, Verizon Media. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and don't forget to rate us. And if you know someone who might find the podcast interesting, why not recommend that they do the same? We'll be back in two weeks' time and we're getting all the heavy-hitting issues out of the way early because episode two will be all about transparency. As ever, if you want more information on what the IAB does, how you can get in touch with us, we just want Anna Forbes's sourdough bread recipe. Find us online at iabuk.com or at iabuk on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. The IAB Podcast from SNK Studios. <laughs>